Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast. The Knicks pull out a victory against the Cavs. Running away. Can't put too much stock in the game. The Cavs are out there with a skeleton crew. Don't read into games like that. But you're happy the Knicks got the win. If you heard the talk out of the Cavs camp, they really want to beat the Knicks. They are still mad about that playoff series. They still want the best of the Knicks. Or I should say get the best of the Knicks. But they're out there with a skeleton crew. No Jared Allen. No Garland. You know, they're playing young players. Uh, Donovan tried to keep them in it. Didn't work. I saw somebody make a comment today. You know, why, why do people keep talking about the Knicks getting Donovan Mitchell when Donovan Mitchell can't beat the Knicks? I don't, why do you think that, are there many of you out there who think that's a big deal? You think because Donovan Mitchell can't beat, didn't beat the Knicks in a playoff series and the Knicks had some success against the Cavs in a regular season. You think that means Donovan Mitchell's not a great player? Huh? Does that make sense? So you can't be a good player on a bad team? And not to say his team is bad, by the way. His team is not bad. I don't even want... You know what? Let me let me retract that. It's a good team. They're struggling right now because they don't have everybody healthy. And Donovan was hurt before this game. So the, how does that make sense? You, you can't be a great player if... You can't be a great player if, if the team... If there's a team that's beating you. It doesn't make sense for that team to bring you in. Like, that doesn't... Like, that doesn't make sense. You might hear the puppy. We got a puppy. We got a dog a couple weeks ago, lab retriever. Yeah, he's a puppy. He's a he's a big puppy. Sixteen weeks, I think now. Seventeen weeks. So he's not a baby. We didn't get him when he was a baby, baby. But he's still a puppy. He's a grown pain in the butt, though. Grown pain in the butt. I love him though. But anyway, you hear him in the background. Apologies. But this idea that Donovan isn't worth acquiring because Donovan can't elevate his team over the Knicks based off one playoff series and some regular season games, especially especially when you make that comment after a game like yesterday where they have a skeleton crew. That doesn't I mean, let's not let's not be simpletons. That doesn't make sense. And I know some listen, the biggest drawback with Donovan Mitchell is he's a smaller guard. And you don't want a backcourt with Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. Defensively, that might hurt you, especially against some of the better teams in the conference. And that's why you would trade for Donovan Mitchell is because you want to, you want to have success against some of the better teams in the conference. Now, with that said, you also are taking Grimes out of the lineup as being your primary defender against uh, the high-scoring wings around the league. And you're leaving that to Donovan, who, again, is small for the high-scoring wings around the league, and RJ, who is not good defensively. So whether or not it's actually a good basketball move for the Knicks, I don't know. As much as I'd like him to be here because he's from New York and he wants to be here, and he's a great player. So a player, you you check all the boxes with me right there. Is he a great fit for what the Knicks are? I, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about how, you know, teams like Boston, Brian Scalabrini and Frank Isola on NBA radio were talking about how the two best teams in the conference got better this offseason and Knicks kind of stay status quo. And I, I think that's, you know, as a headline, that's that's 100 percent accurate. But in reality, there's no real nuance there. 
there there is some talk about, and we had this conversation here. There's some talk about whether or not Milwaukee actually got better trading Drew Holiday. They're different. Now I think they're a tick better, but they're just a tick better than they were. A tick. They get Dame gives them another another option down the stretch of games, and I think that's a big deal. So, so you can't just make that blanket statement that they just got better. Like giving up Drew Holiday and removing Drew Holiday from that team just doesn't make a difference. It does. It does. Now you look at Boston. Boston completely reshaped their team. And I do believe Boston has gotten better you know, with by adding Drew Holiday and the way KP is playing. But... And they always talk about KP coming to the Knicks, and we, we talked about that at nauseum, and KP offers a whole new dimension to them. But there's a downside to KP, too. He's hurt all the time. And he's healthy right now, first week of the season, but let's, let's, be, let's be honest. They gave up Robert Williams and Marcus Smart and Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, who was a six-man of the year. Yeah, I, listen, I think Boston is better, too, but they, they gave up a ton. Can the Knicks afford to do that? You can afford to do that. When you have your cornerstone superstar player, and that's Tatum. You know, I'm, I'm removing Jalen Brown from that right now, even though he's an awesome player. And he showed up in a lot of fourth quarters in the finals uh, two, year, two years ago against Golden State. People forget. And he's still an awesome offensive player. So you, and, and you know what? He's, I think he's like making $300 million. So you know what? I'm, I'm remiss not saying he's a cornerstone superstar player for Boston. So let me just retract that now. He has his holes, and so does Tatum, for that matter. You know, but whatever it is, you have you have your guys. The Knicks—they don't have that guy. They don't have that one guy. No matter how you slice it, they don't have that. That's what they're looking for. When you have that guy, then you can you can kind of play around the edges, trying to support the foundation of your team because you kind of have an idea of what you need. The Knicks don't have that guy yet, so eh, you don't add KP to that mix who's a question mark because he's hurt a lot because you had a team like Dallas that gave up on KP because they wanted him to be the number two. And they had, they had Brunson on that team too. You have Doncic and you have Brunson on a team with KP and they don't succeed, but you think you add KP to the Knicks and everything's hunky-dory? Bradley Beal hasn't even played. You go down the line of all these players that that uh, were traded in this offseason, you can't really say that all of them make the Knicks better. Charles Barkley, listen, what's the point of Nick analysis if the analysis is always going to be the Knicks need a superstar? Like Every time you talk about the Knicks, you're going to talk about how they need a superstar. Go around the league. And we talked about this. Go around the league. All these teams that you guys think are up and coming and they got a chance, they're all missing something. All of them. You want to say, well, they're not missing the cornerstone guy, they're not missing the superstar guy. Some of your superstar guys are not superstar guys. Nick conversation can't be dominated by this topic every single time. Talk about the team. Talk about the team. What are they doing on the floor? Who needs to play better? They should run this play. They should run that play. Go to this guy. Go to that guy. Stop, stop with the analysis being they need to get somebody else. You're not doing that for anybody else. It's lame. Everybody knows the Knicks are in the market for a guy. Everybody. Is that guy Donovan? I don't know. I want it to be Donovan. I just don't think it is Donovan. I don't. But I want them to get Donovan. I want them to be in a position to get Donovan. And, and and the Knicks, you know what? If they give up too much, you won't see them get past the second round. 
Maybe not even the first. If they give up the right right combination of guys, I just don't know. I don't see it happening. But if they give up just the picks and keep most of the roster intact, they might have a chance to, to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Especially if they got to give up Grimes in the deal. But Donovan, Donovan is that guy. He, he had a good game last night while y'all shading him. He had a good game. He's hard to guard. But come playoff time, yeah, man. You got to make stops on both sides of the floor. And I just don't know if having him and Brunson in the same backcourt is a championship team. But it's not because they lost to the Knicks last night. Not because they lost to the Knicks in the playoffs. Now, I said this in one of the earliest shows. When the team exceeds expectations that year, that's fun. Once they have the expectations, it's not fun anymore. So now everyone's looking at every, I mean, Nick, Nick fans do this anyway, but everybody's looking at every game, putting it under the championship microscope. Watch this team relative to the other teams in the league. That's it. Now we ran it down. That Boston game, home opener. Oh, yeah, the Knicks should win at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we still doing that? It's hard for the Knicks to beat teams at home. It's not the home court advantage that people want it to be. It can be, but it's game to game. If the Knicks are riding high, the crowd is going to make it harder on the other team. If they're just kind of going through the motions and trying to find their way, find their rhythm, that, that crowd is not helping. It's not helping. Okay? That's just the way it is. Boston's one of the best teams in the league. Home opener, no home opener. Uh, rusty players in the preseason who barely played, barely did anything. I thought that was a game the Knicks could maybe have won. They should have won once the game played out. We talked about it. But that that's a game that's iffy. That's 50-50. That's one of the best teams in the league at full strength. And now you're talking, and then you're talking about the Hawks on the road. Now you need, if you're in the Knicks, you don't want to go down 0-2. You know how that goes. But the Hawks are no pushovers. We talked about it. The Hawks are one of those teams. Everybody counts them out. Because they didn't play well last year. They made changes. They got rid of John Collins. People just act like because there's no buzz. They're not a team that can beat you. Of course they can. They're 2-2. Two two. Knicks went down. Beat them on the road. That was a good win. A win that you thought the Knicks should have. Because you think the Knicks are better than them. But that doesn't mean you can just go and beat teams that are a notch below you. In theory. On paper. And beat them on the road like it's nothing. That was a good win. Pelicans on the second half of back-to-back. They weren't winning that game. It didn't matter how they lost it. You don't like seeing them lose like that. You don't like seeing everybody play poorly. You don't like it. But that's kind of how it goes. And and you can criticize the game. You can analyze the game and sit there and say they should have done this and they're not doing that. And bad habit here, bad habit there. Sure, sure, sure. But they were going to lose that game anyway. Pelicans on the road, they were losing that game. Healthy Zion. Pelicans are one of the best. Low key. Low key. At full strength. The Pelicans are a pain in the butt. I'm, I'd bet. Now, you can't bet on health, but the, the odds are probably long. I'd bet on on the Pelicans having a promising season, just assuming everyone's healthy. Now, of course, you're not assuming that, but that's why it would be a, a good a good payout because no one's assuming that. But the Pelicans kind of forgotten, lost in the sauce because – of all the other teams in the league, you know, in the Western Conference. But the Pelicans were a good team last year. And I mentioned that last last show, one of the last shows. 
before everyone got help, got hurt, they, they were a good team. And C.J. McCollum wasn't even playing that great. It looks like he lost some weight, got thinner, got in shape. Listen, that Pelicans team is going to be a pain in the butt. Knicks weren't going down there winning that game more than likely, especially if they're not riding high. They're not playing well. They're not looking great. Now you got a, a Cavs team that's that's uh, injured, hampered. That's a game they had to win. The game they had to win, and they won it. Bottom line, they won it, and they're still not playing great. And it's starting to be the same old story. The Knicks shot well last night. They shot, they shot uh, 38% from three last night to Cleveland's 26%. The same old story. And from the field, they were at 44%, which isn't great, and 39% for Cleveland. Defense stepped up. They hit that Knicks are at that place now. If they hit their outside shots, they got a chance to win. They're taking enough three. They're taking a lot of threes at this point. Two more threes per game than they did last year. And if they knock them down, they're going to win. If they don't, they're going to lose. That's the story for pretty much every team in the league. Except the, the Knicks should have a defense to fall back on. And last night, again, their defense played decently. And I think sometimes the Knicks defense is underrated because you're looking at how inefficient the offense can be sometimes. You're looking at how inefficient the offense can be sometimes. And you're not appreciating what the defense is doing. They, they hold teams. Listen, again, the Cavs skeleton crew, but 91 points from the Cavs last night. 91 points. They're making it hard for teams to score. It's just that Knicks need to be more efficient on offense instead of seeing, you know, them trading baskets with teams and then falling behind because they're not stopping them down the stretch or stopping them in big spots. And then you're talking about how bad the Knicks defense is. You're only talking about that because they're not scoring as as efficiently and consistently as you'd like them, like them to. Because when you look around a league and you see a 140 to 135, you're not talking about anybody's defense. If the Knicks were scoring at the pace and rate that some of these other teams were, and they were putting up 125 points and holding teams at 90, then we'd be talking about an all-time great team, right? Obviously, but they're holding teams at 90 and they're not scoring a ton, and that's what the problem is. And you're still not seeing great, efficient games from Randall and Brunson. Randall, 5 of 14, but he made his free throws, 7 of 10, 2 of 5 from 3, which is not terrible, 31 minutes. 10 rebounds, only two assists, which is a departure from what he had, he had been doing. Didn't see quite as many double teams last night. One steal, not bad, plus 18 on a game, which I believe is the highest. One turnover, but I didn't say it. You know, so he didn't shoot as well as you'd like. He didn't make the decisions offensively as well as you would like. But the overall game, 19 and 10, two assists, one steal. One turnover, plus 18 on the game, can't argue it. Brunson, 19.7-16 from the field, 1-3, 4-5 from the line, plus 21. At the end of the day, these guys, they came to play. Five rebounds, two assists, uh, that's, that's becoming a trend. Five turnovers, not great. Two steals, decent for him. Barrett, I told you, I think Barrett's on his way, but... He's had some games recently between the Pelicans um, and this game, 5-13 from the field. But he's hitting his threes, and you got to be happy with that. 3-5 from three. I think it was 3-5 from three against the Pelicans, two. 15 points. He was plus 14, so he's still doing well. 3-4 from the line. Did nothing else. 
Mitchell Robinson, seven rebounds, eight points, plus six. And, you know, the Mitchell Robinson is the guy that dominated the Cavs in the series. He was only plus six in the game. Quentin Grimes still getting frozen out of the offense. Only four shots, five points, one and three from the line. I mean, from three. Just uh, two steals, give me credit. I, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Not in Grimes, but in how they're using him. I'm very disappointed. I can't. I, I'm not going to rant about it again, but it's it's starting to piss me off. Uh, evidence of Josh Hart still not being where he needs to be at seven rebounds and three assists, but only plus two in a game where pretty much everybody who played minutes was no less than a plus six. Mitchell was a plus six. Everyone else was plus eight or above, and he was only plus two in 27 minutes. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Quickly, 18 points, three of six from three, three assists, three turnovers, actually two assists, three rebounds, three turnovers, no steals, no blocks, plus nine. You want to see a little bit more of that consistency from quickly. I heart played great. Did exactly what you need him to do. Plus 12, 13 points, five of 10, took two threes, missed them, seven rebounds, two steals, one block. That's what you need. DiVincenzo saw somebody talking trash about him just together. Just yesterday, three points, one of three from three, six assists, which was, it led the team. One steal, one block. You know, he only got three shots, so you can't, you know, complain about his point output. But six assists, that's what you're looking for. Six assists right there. You know, in his defense, a steal on the block. Only played 15 minutes in the game. It was a blowout. You got to be happy with the game. They play the Cavs again tonight. And I told you the Cavs are coming for next. You don't know if Garland's going to play. You know, it can't, if they're still with the Levert probably plays, I think. Nick LeVert plays. If he doesn't, you got to think that they're going to be a... If if they don't win, if the Cavs win tonight, you give Bickerstaff credit. Because they were overwhelmed at the end of the day. They're playing end of the bench guys. They come into the garden with those same guys and win this game. That's, That's schematic. That's schematic. That's motivation, that's schematic, and you give Bickerstaff credit. Now, if LeVert plays, different dynamic. Obviously, if Garland plays, different dynamic. Allen's still out. This is another game they've got to win. And remember, coming into the season, everyone's talking about the schedule for the Knicks starting the season. It don't matter if the Cavs are hurt. you got to win this game, but it doesn't matter if the Cavs are hurt. And who cares? No one cares about... Any any shortcomings your team has coming into these games, you got games on the schedule where you got to win them. People say the schedule is going to be tough. They win this game tonight. And they come out of this three and two. How much better did you expect them to be after five games if they win tonight? It's a big game. I don't care. It's a big game. Got to win it. You can't expect. You couldn't really. You could say maybe they could have been four and one. You get a win out of the Pelicans, win out of Boston on the home opener. That's it. You couldn't do much better than that. And they're not playing great. They're not playing great. You take that. I think 
obviously, you know, I'm going to throw Randall out because, you know, it's kind of like a similar thing with Randall. It looks like to me that Randall is just being very cautious and, and hesitant and calculating, and it just doesn't work out for him for the most part in terms of his own scoring. But he, he was able to do other things, and you got to give him credit for it. He's just not getting to the spots he needs to get to for his own scoring, taking advantage of matchups, etc. I think last night you see a guy like Dean Wade and you expect that Randall can just take advantage of him every single time. But Dean Wade's defense is not that bad. He has good size, good strength. And then with Mitchell in front of the rim all the time, Randall always has to take these little short jumpers. And I think um, he just hasn't found exactly, and this goes back over a period of time, he runs hot and cold because he takes bad shots and, and the shots that he should be taking, he doesn't really know what those shots are. And I'm not going to, not going to get into that right now, but Randall's Randall. You know, RJ Barrett struggled a little bit driving to the basket. Last two games, Pelicans too, you know, you saw a little bit of old struggle getting to the rim, struggle to finish RJ uh, that you didn't like, but he's getting, you know, I, I, I think some of that is matchup, but, you know, Randall has to, I mean, uh, RJ has to clean that up. You saw a little regression in this Cav game. Wasn't really making too many plays. Same thing with Pelicans. It wasn't really making too many plays. You don't want to see that from RJ, but you like the shooting. You got to take it. You, you know, you're not perfect. He's not perfect now. But you take that shooting. You're shooting well. Don't want to jinx it. Not getting the same efficiency from Brunson. Again, these are all things that I think can get better. You're not seeing the bench unit click just yet, which you would kind of expect as well. Not seeing Josh Hart. Yeah, he, he had seven rebounds last night. He seemed like he got all of the, the rebounds that, uh, I'm not going to say real long rebounds, but those little intermediate length rebounds. Uh, I just made that up. He was getting those, and he was taking off and starting transition, but it you know, wasn't really effective last night. Uh, he did have, I think, three assists, but wasn't really effective last night. With his with his plus two on the game, that was a blowout. I like DiVincenzo. He's not perfect. He makes he's making some some bad. He's going to turn the ball over. That's just part of his game. And you haven't seen him finish at the rim. He's missed some some plays that a lot of NBA players make at the front of the rim. You don't like to see that, but I like his aggressiveness shooting the ball. I like the fact that he is another playmaker on the floor, and a lot of times he's going to be on the floor. With IQ, and IQ needs another playmaker. He stretches the floor when he's out there with RJ. I like the way Hartenstein, I love the way Hartenstein is playing. If Mitchell played like Hartenstein offensively, and I'm not even talking about obviously shooting the ball, which Hartenstein pretends he can do. <laughs> he can't, can't do it consistently with us or with the Knicks. But Mitchell being so ineffective offensively, doing anything but dunking the ball, it, it hurts the team. It hurts their efficiency. And a lot of the issues the Knicks have is because of that. It, it, it is. He's at the front of the rim all the time. He doesn't create spacing so that, you know, a drop-off pass can take advantage of the help defenders. He's always right there in front of the rim with a man, with a man on him. And the Knicks collectively are really poor at throwing the weak side corner pass, which is open a lot of times when off-penetration when Mitch is being pinned down by the low man defensively and his own man. But if he could just do half the things that Hartenstein could do, it would just open the Knicks offense up so much. 
It's a shame. The Knicks got to get it out of the mud every single game. Now, Mitchell gives them extra opportunities with his offensive rebounds. He gives them a chance to win with his defense. Uh, at the same time, he's he's making them all less efficient players. And I just don't think everybody realizes that. And they, they have to find – and they're not going to. So, it doesn't make sense talking about it because they would have done it already. But the players have to find a way because that can change game to game. The players have to find a way to score in spite of having Mitchell's man standing there, you know, eight, eight and a half, nine times out of ten. Because the coaches ain't doing it. They're not doing it. They're not helping at all. And then last but not least, obviously you want some consistency from quickly. You want quickly to have the ball in his hands less than the playmaking capacity. You want him playing off the ball so that he can be aggressive there. But once again, man, you're gonna lose Grimes if you don't get if you don't put the ball in Grimes' hands and let him make some plays. You're gonna lose him. You're gonna lose him. He's you can't just make him sitting out there hitting jumpers and that's it. You gotta let him do other things. You gotta let him play with some freedom. Put the ball in his hands. I saw he had a, he had one play where he had. He had a screen and roll uh, situation with Mitchell and Thomas He's the best player to do that because he gets downhill so quickly. Brunson is measured coming off the screens. IQ is measured coming off the screens. Grimes, he can score on all three levels, and he has a super quick first step. So he's coming downhill like a bat out of hell, which means Mitchell's man has to come over much faster and in much with much less discipline, which leaves Mitchell open. If you come down slow, Mitchell's not going to help you. So he's not going to help you with the spacing. He's not going to help you with the timing. You come down slow, then then the guy, the center, Mitchell's man, can kind of play the middle and be disciplined. You come down fast, he can't. And nobody on the team can do that. Like Quentin Grimes. Nobody. Not even Brunson. That's it for today. We'll see how this calf game goes. It's Bucks after that. I don't see that going well. You already know that. But this Cav game must win. Second half of a back-to-back. That sucks. And there's travel for both teams, obviously. Not fun, but you got to step on the Cavs next early here. You get, they're going to come out. They're going to have fire and desire. You know Mitchell is coming home. He just came off a blowout. They want to beat the Knicks really, really bad. They, they can be... They can be stomped out if you jump on them early. If you give them a chance and they start getting hyped in the fourth quarter, it might be a thing. You got to stomp them out early. You got to take their will early. And they say to themselves, oh, we can't because we don't have Garland. Oh, we can't because we don't have, you know, maybe Levert or Allen. You don't want to get them to that place where, oh, we can do this. We can do this. Stop. Stop them early. And when I say early, I'm not necessarily saying the first quarter, the first half of the first quarter, but I'm going to say the second half of the first quarter and beginning of the second quarter when that second unit is on the floor. Our second unit should, the Knicks' second unit should dominate them. Should dominate them. Should dominate them. And if you do that and you last the rest of the, the first half with a nice little lead, nice little cushion, you survive the first half of the third quarter, the game should be over. We'll be here. We'll check it out. We'll be tweeting. During the game, come check us out. Until next time.